Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. That freaked me out. Does that happen every time I hit record for a guest? It says that. That's scary. I didn't even know. Yeah, it came up on the screen, too. It didn't even come up on my earphones. <laughs> the voice sounds so aggressive, like a Siri when you're when or uh, the GPS when you're driving. And it's like, take a left turn. You missed your turn. You're like, thanks for rubbing that one. And I understand. But I don't know the difference between 500 feet and also 500 miles. You know, it's yeah. to me, they're just distances. That's like on our old school GPS. We used to have Darth Vader. He was the one that used to speak to us. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I had a Cartman one at one point, but it was just like it would abuse you more than it would actually give you help with directions. Where then eventually you were kind of getting a thrill of missing the turn to where you would just keep missing turns. So it would just start yelling at you more. <laughs> but Sean, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show, man. It's been a while. I think you were on in like episode 300 or 400 or something like that so it's been a couple of years but i had mikey on obviously you guys are part of the same bump in the night society a paranormal investigative group and it's gonna be interesting to learn more about your perspective i mean how things been i mean obviously kicked up for the group you guys have been going on a lot of trips i'm jealous because i haven't even been on one of my own <laughs> thanks man yeah it's been it has been a few years i think um Funny thing is, I think the very first podcast I ever was on was yours. And now, like, I host my own, and I'm, I'm on other podcasts all the time. So it's, it's cool just to come back, like, full circle, you know? Yeah. But when it comes to um your paranormal investigative stuff, so take me through it. Obviously, the team, you went into Bump in the Night Society, but you got new team members as well, too. But you've explored a lot of locations. I mean, can I get your thoughts on the paranormal belief obviously I, you're you're a believer but like what are your thoughts or concepts of like an afterlife and also this because i'm wondering if it changed from the first time we talked well i'm still probably the most skeptical of people i'd say out of our group um i've definitely seen some shit heard some stuff like that is unexplainable but there's still i don't know i always look at it like i'll i'll go back on it and look at it like could there have been a possible explanation? Even like going back as far as the possession, which I'm sure I've talked to you about back in the day, because that was one of the first, very first things that we, you know, had happened to us. Looking back on it, it's like, oh, could the guy have been a good actor? Um, I didn't personally know the guy, you know, stuff like that. But there's just some things that we've had happen. For example, um, we were actually at Octagon House uh, a few months ago in June, I'd say it was. And we were doing an SDs, a double SDs with Mikey and with Garrett, which Garrett used to be part of, you know, slash a lot of these when we were all a group or whatever. We're still pretty good friends with him. Um, and some of the stuff that was coming through had to do with Jen's kids. And then they were talking about her brother and his health problems. They were talking about him um, having a heart attack, which like me and Jen were the only two that knew that. Mikey didn't know that Garrett didn't know that. anybody else in our group didn't know that. So stuff like that's kind of hard to explain when, you know, something like that happens or even another thing, which I don't know if Mikey told you before, but we were at Greenville Manor a while ago, we were upstairs and I know he hates phone apps, but this kind of got him convinced a little bit on it. I was using a phone about upstairs on a public with his family. Um, Cause like his family were on the public, you know, but he wasn't in our group. He was in a different group. And as we're upstairs um, across the phone app came, infant then came leo which he knows his son's name and then as this happened i called him on the walkie-talkie and as i'm on the walkie-talkie with him it came up father so all back to back to back like how do you explain something like that you know 
and I mean, I would have probably thought that paranormal stuff would have been like I would associate more with like memories and things like a too much trauma happens in an area, which I'm sure is maybe a whole other category of ghosts. But you know, it's just this kind of repeat, like a loop over and over again. But if you're talking about like how you're mentioning where these examples are things that are happening about your guys' lives, that this ghost would really have nothing, or this person at the alive at the time or whenever they die would have no information on whatsoever. That's just, what does that mean? I mean, obviously that means like either they got a camera in your house or something like that. <laughs> well, yeah, what you're talking about basically be residual, which is, you know, any type of form of energy that just repeats itself over and over again. But intelligent would be more something interacting with us. And it's interesting. You said you tackle the skeptical views. So, I mean, do you ever like look at some of the footage that you guys have? Do you guys see it and kind of go like, this is nothing. This like, I know Mikey tries his best to give it like the most accurate of like, this is either BS or it's either truth um, or what we came in contact with, but he chops it up so good. I'm like, that man's got editing skills. So either way, if I'm a fan, I'm going to see the documentary and then just be hooked in already. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of this stuff, um, I don't know, something somebody you know, like April's part of our group and she'll be sending us pictures of stuff all the time, like orbs or like faces and stuff. And 90% of the time I'm like, that's nothing, <laughs> you know, like everybody else in the group, like, oh yeah, I could see it. And I'm thinking that's, that's bullshit. That's not nothing. But, um, and even some of Mikey's stuff that he gets on audio, like you can hear it, but you really have to like, you have to put headphones on, like it's kind of like what you hear like i don't know if i'd 100 percent believe it but then there's other stuff that comes through you could be in a movie theater no subjective you know from anybody else and it's just like plain as day you can clearly understand what it says so i don't know i mean it's it's interesting how different people look at stuff i guess how many haunts have you been on or how many um trips have you been on to actual haunted locations <laughs> um See, I can count on one hand how many I've been on, and it's zero. Actually, I can't. I mean, even count I don't think it's. <laughs> I don't think it's like over a hundred, but it's got to be, you know, I'd say at least fifty or so. It depends on which which you count too. Like, do you count the same location? If I've been to the same location five times or not, or maybe even like going to a supposed haunted cemetery or something like that. Um, it's definitely, I'd say over fifty for sure probably even closer to a hundred i would think have you been to the same location multiple times yeah yeah i mean we've been to bel-air um probably bel-air 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 and hillview are probably the two most that we've been to um which bel-air alone i think i've been to five or six times probably hillview probably about the same well like i said it depends on what you count too because we've been to conventions and stuff there too not just to investigate you know did you guys just, in, did you just enjoy the location, which is why you wanted to go back? Or did you actually come across some things the first time and want to go see if there was more you can come across? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, when it comes to Bel Air, like we had a lot of activity there. That's part of the reason we wanted to go back, but we do enjoy the location. We enjoy the owner, um, stuff like that. With Hillview, the first time me and Jen actually went was like a psychic fair and we were just dating at the time and i think we did a public investigation that night too but um now we do conventions we did like their their trick-or-treat charity event for them and then we've you know we've had a private couple of private investigations there like i said we were just there for hillcon uh two weeks ago or whatever which was another convention 
when you scope out some of the locations, do you look into the history? Like I know Mikey does his research on looking into lo history and locations of place. I mean, are you the same? Do you look at certain ones that you might find interesting? Like, because I would have to think there'd be different experiences compared to if it's more of a religious haunt or something like that, or something that happens to do with like, I know people bring up demons sometimes, I'm not necessarily saying that, but something that has more of like that kind of older background where people would have had a priest or someone come over to the house and have some type of situation, whether it was just to cleanse the house or not. And then there's the ones that are like more modern day where it was like, guy kills his family with an ax. And then, you know, that's it. They just kind of shut it down. And then two months later, they got it ready back up to get on the market. Well, yeah, I mean, I usually check out the history. It depends on the location, too. Um, some of these bigger known places, like, it's not that hard to find out stuff or hear stuff. You already know about it. But there was actually a residential case that fell through, which really sucks, because I'm sure Mikey will probably even tell you about this next week, because he was super excited about doing this place. Um, there was a murder in a neighborhood back in the 80s that was never solved. And this lady that lives in the same address where this happened contacted us to come out to investigate so we did a lot of research on that we found out that like i said that the girl was supposedly murdered there buried under the porch and the front porch is the rumor which they cemented over the next day like you can find all this stuff online um but there was also it's a bad neighborhood too so there was like three murders on this street that the other two weren't related to this but just like looking up all the history of the street and um i knew the neighborhood was bad to begin with because i know people who live there and i've been in that area before but uh for that yeah like we definitely dug deep into the history and we had all sorts of stuff ready for it and it, it's just like the lady canceled it on this last minute so that kind of sucks but usually with with a commercial property that doesn't happen um that's more residential stuff people can be a little bit flaky are you more skeptical when it comes to a commercial property compared to when it's a residential um i'd say i'm probably more skeptical actually with a residential than i am with a commercial because um you got to screen a lot of these people in residentials. Some of them, I'm not trying to sound like mean or anything, but some of them ain't. Oh, they're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I got you. I yeah. Got you. <laughs> so you got to definitely watch out. And that even comes to some of the conventions that we go to, some of the people that come up to us. And uh, I don't know, we have, we have certain ways, certain people that are better talking to those type of people. That It's just, I don't know, hard to believe some of the stuff that you hear, but you also don't want to seem like an asshole either. And I understand there's all sorts of crazy shit that's happened to team members and myself and everything. So, I mean, you know, you obviously want somebody to believe you, but you just, usually you can tell just by judging the person, if it's legit or if it's something's mentally wrong with them, you know? Well, do you get reached out to a lot by just random people who might say that they they have a location they want you to investigate and check out? Because I have to think there's a large amount that's probably for commercial purposes too. Marketing. I mean, we know about the X Files. We know how those shows go. I mean, they get funded however much money to get certain shots, and by you know if they're there for a week and they don't get anything by day six, they're going to start creating some stuff. So it's like trying. That's why. That's why I really appreciate like your guys' show and also and your just your investigations in general, and also everyone else's investigations who are not really privately owned but they're just small like really tr not trying to say your channel smaller thing but saying like they're just a bunch of friends wanting to go investigate places there's no really need for you or no want for you to go and try and hype everything up so you get a think you're going to get a million views or anything you're just there to be like hey we're going to go to this location see what we get if we get something awesome if we don't then hey we're still going to have a fun time anyway which is why i trust those channels a lot more because there's no need to hollywood it up yeah 
Well, I mean, like even with a lot of our stuff, we go live all the time. So, I mean, we're not faking it or editing anything. You can't really do that when you're going live. Um, you know, we're, what you see on camera is who we are in person. We're a bunch of assholes <laughs> that just want to have a good time, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> What's uh? Can you give me like a special, I guess, investigation story for like a place that you investigated? One that really stuck out in your mind? Um, what do you mean, like a something that happened to me, or something in the past? The actual location. I mean, if something happened to you, that would be extra bonus points. But just like a good location you went to, where you really, for you, it stuck out, like in your mind, of like this place was definitely something was going on here. Well, I, I like Monroe House a lot. And we're actually going back, uh, I think October 20, 20th through 22nd, whatever that weekend is, we're going back to Damn, That's close to Halloween, my guy. You got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that whole location, I don't know if Mikey's ever brought it up to you. He, he probably has because I know he's told the story before. But on his part, that was the place where he got grabbed into balls or whatever when he was in the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. about that. <laughs> well, that whole thing, like something happened to every one of us while we were there. Um, nothing like major but there were still tons of activity like even when we first got there me and jen got there early and we got there during the day so you know we were just checking the house out we never been there um she felt off to begin with like she didn't even want to be in the house and it seriously took us probably about a half hour just to find the upstairs because the house is so weird the way it's set up but eventually like when i did get upstairs there's this room with all these dolls and i was up there by myself and as i'm walking around or whatever one of the dolls fell over which could have just been me walking like i said i'm skeptical but it was kind of weird that that happened um and then like i said with activity wise with all of us having something obviously the thing with mikey in the basement which i was in the basement when that happened and he had a baby monitor on him i had a camera on me actually I had two cameras on me i think because i had like the little trail cam and then like a regular video camera and then we had a laser set up and as the stuff with him getting grabbed in the hole, his camera froze up, my camera shut off, the laser grid shut off, and then like where the thing was, the baby monitor was plugged in, started making all sorts of weird noises and stuff. So that was really weird. Um, some other stuff that happened in the basement is earlier in the night, we were ordering food and, you know, like you've heard Mikey laugh, I'm sure. Wait, this um, is important. Mike where were you ordering from? It was a pizza place, but I don't remember. Some local Good choice. pizza hoagie place. If you're dragging me to a haunted location, we're ordering fucking Domino's. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but that's even like, I think when we called about hoagies too, they didn't know what hoagies were. Because I don't know if that's like a Pittsburgh thing or Pennsylvania thing. But That's an Eastern Shore thing. I think everyone just else calls them sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, they, I think they called them subs or something. We're like, yeah, you know, whatever, a sub or whatever. But anyway, so we were ordering food and Mikey was laughing or something about something. And as we went downstairs later, we were down in the basement. Um, one of the things of that house is supposedly if you like try blessing the house, shit will happen. Um, so, you know, obviously we're going to try blessing the house, see if anything happens. So we're down in the basement, we're blessing, and we have a, a spirit box running. And as we're blessing the house, you hear Mikey's laugh come across the spirit box. Sounds like him like mocking his laugh from earlier. So that was kind of creepy. Um, there was also... April did the Gansfeld effect, which is where you like lay in the chair and you put the little balls on like the ping pong balls on your eyes and you have the red light in your face. And it's supposed to like make you kind of like hallucinate, but put you in tune to the place. As she was doing that stuff, she had a lot of accurate stuff coming through 
that she didn't know about because upstairs at the time, Jen and Hannah and Troy, I think were upstairs and Jen was doing, I think in Estes. And we also had a psychic at the time. And the psychic was talking about some of the stuff that April was going through that we didn't know that April knew about it. And then it was going on upstairs too with Jen and Jen was holding this clutch in this doll. And like, as the, and Jen has, you know, uh, headphones on and she has a blindfold and she can't hear anybody that's talking because the psychic was talking to, I think, Hannah and Troy, like through Facebook or something, you know, not there, but just all this stuff, like correlated with everything. And it, like I said, we all got activity. So Monroe was definitely like probably my favorite place I've been to. And like I said, we'll be back in October. Have you ever felt sick after a location? It's funny that you say that because I was actually talking about this the other day. Um, we had somebody on our podcast, this lady who uh, there's a place called Hinsdale House, which is up in New York. And I said something to her about it because um, she said she was like projectile vomiting there. Huh. Um, and I, I never had nothing like that happen, thank God. But I did have panic attacks. The two days after we left that place, I had panic attacks. I actually called off work because like I couldn't sleep and I couldn't breathe at night and all sorts of shit was going on. And um, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know if it was from the house itself because Mikey loves to run his little experiments. And we did like an experiment where he pump all this EMF in the building and we have like this fan running and these electromagnets and all sorts of stuff going on. So we slept right where that happened at. So it could have been from the electric, all the EMF was so high, maybe might have triggered something. I'm not sure. But it is weird that it happened to somebody else, like somebody else got sick in that place. And another thing is after that investigation, the whole team, like the next day, got in a big fight with everybody. Everybody was getting in fights. And I don't know if it was had something to do with the energy from that house or what, but it was weird. You like what's I, I understand it's like obviously when you go there it's fun because you're hanging out with your friends and stuff like that and you're gets doing some investigating stuff like that but you do have to put yourself in a bit of a mindset because you are going to a location that could potentially have activity going on in it so to think that you don't get something from that as well too but what's the mindset you usually go when you go in there I mean you not really thinking about it in the moment and then you kind of think back on it later because body cam footage is really important because I would think that it's pitch fucking dark when you're walking through those places I'm like how much are you really paying attention to I'd be walking into walls and door frames well literally if there's no lights on in my house I have my hands in front of me as I'm walking into different doorways just to make sure nothing hits me in the face like some random opportunity that there's a low hanging chandelier even though I have none in my home <laughs> um when it comes to walking around in that I usually depending on what we're doing we're probably either live so if we're live we have some type of lighting like usually it's like a red light or something um if we have infrared obviously we're walking in a complete darkness but usually if we're walking from somewhere to another place we'll have flashlights on then when we get there we'll turn the lights off and go completely dark that way you know especially because a lot of these places are very dilapidated holes in the floors and stuff falling from the ceilings and like you're just asking for trouble if you have no lights walking around. Now I asked what your best experience was like haunting activity wise, but what's like your best experience when it comes to maybe just an overall, like a group thing, like, as in like you, the, just a, you might not have come across any haunting activity, but you had a good connection with your team. Um, I saw Jen player sly whistle or whatever that whistle thing is. That's why I was asking. I was like, <laughs> that sounded horrible. I would have screamed and left. <laughs> we always have a good time pretty much no matter what the activity is um there's a couple things i guess bonding wise like we had a friends giving at bel-air 
which was really cool because we were there for the full weekend and um we had an actual thanksgiving dinner on like the saturday of that day and we had our team there and then the people east down greenville manor came and joined us too and you know we ate and we were goofing around we actually had some activity while we were goofing around because i don't know what the hell was going on with april like i don't know if it was medication or something but she was acting fucking nuts and we as we were like dancing and doing all sorts of stuff and she was acting crazy like the lights flickered in the in the room that we we're in like knock it off you know it seemed like and another thing that happened with her too is she was talking on a on a spirit box but like just joking around she's like hello hello and like trying to use it as a phone and we heard a dial tone come through the actual spirit box which was kind of weird because <laughs> it was like they were messing with her but um yeah like i said that that was really fun bonding wise um Anytime we do the conventions, we usually get like an Airbnb and, you know, we'll play cards or, you know, cards against humanity, drink a little bit, have a cookout, something like that. We always bond and stuff like that. Too. What, what, can you explain to me what some of the conventions are like? Is it like going to like a, I don't know, like a Comic-Con or something like that? Some of them, depending on how big they are. Um, like Gettysburg's a pretty big convention. It would be similar, I'd say, to something like that. They have people that speak and bunch of vendors and activities going on um but we've done some local ones too like our uh, our friends from naps um which is northern appalachian paranormal society they're kind of in our area we're good friends with a lot of them so like they had like one at a fire hall and we went there and you know we spoke and stuff and a couple vendors it was in our first year it was a really good time um mansfield which is parasitecon that's another really big one that's kind of similar i guess to a comic-con like there's celebrities and speakers and over 100 vendors and they have uh like private hunt uh ghost hunts at night where you can pay money to like ghost hunt with a celebrity stuff like that now when you reach out to some of these locations like the more commercial ones not the residential ones be be honest with me. I mean, how difficult is it trying to do either booking or deal with some of these some of the some of the locations? Not saying all of them, but some of them. I would have to think. I mean, you guys are paying a good chunk of money, at least in my opinion, a good chunk of money to go to some of these locations and spend a couple days there, or spend however long you're going to spend there. But uh, I've just I've looked up some pricing on some of them, and I'm like, damn, like that for one person for one night. That just that's a lot. That's more than a hotel room. And it's like, well, you're getting the haunting experience. I was like, what does that mean? Does that mean the AC is not going to work when I need it to work? Well, that's like when it comes to like the more commercial known places. Um, for example, on the low end, you got Monroe House. Monroe House, I think, is 175 a night, which is really cheap. Low that's end? Total, not what? Cheap? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, then go and compare it to like something like Mansfield. You go on a Saturday, it's through like three grand. Oh, that fuck place. that. Torch the building. Torch the building. <laughs> yeah, that's it's ridiculous, like how different the prices are. Um, but then like some locations, you'll try to go somewhere that's not really known. Like we went to an antique store that actually burned on, which is crazy. Um, and we had a lot of activity there, too. A lot of weird shit happened there. We did table tipping there and everything. But that place was basically... I was helping film some movie there. I was a consultant, a paranormal consultant for this horror movie. Actually, I had a little couple parts in it too, which is cool. But I talked to the lady when we were there because, you know, the antique store has been around for like, like the 1800s or something. And she was like, you know, you guys ever want to come back and investigate? That'd be cool. So we did. And it was basically like a donation, which I don't know. It was under $100, I think we gave her. What was the store called? Uh, Pickle Jar Antiques. 
imagine if she was like, well, it's not just an antique store. This store is an antique and just toss that out there. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the thing is, there's a lot of weird stuff with that place because it was two different buildings. And back in the day, I used to rap, which I think I've told you that before. Yeah, um, you were the Mark Wahlberg of my generation. <laughs> but it was called the blue violet cafe part of the, the the one side of the building and i rapped in that building back in the day and then troy who's another member of our team he um he used to do like uh plays and stage shows and he's performed there before too which we didn't notice ahead of time so it's kind of w weird that we had a connection to this place before we were there but um yeah something like that place like i said that went off a donation um if you're trying to get into like a historical society or something like that, it's nearly impossible. We've tried to get into a place called Woodville Plantation, which is right by our house. And we went probably like two years. We went through stuff with them like, oh, can you send this over? And then we have to get approval from the board. And now do you have references? And they kept going back and forth, back and forth to this lady. And the main lady wanted us in there that I talked to. But she like after they ran through everything, eventually they shut us down. We're like, yeah, we, we're not going to do it. So something like that, like. Some places are almost impossible to get into, even though, you know, they have some type of history, you know? Well, from, uh, we're going to, we're going to talk about the podcast because I'm interested in, obviously as a podcaster interested in your, what you've learned from doing the podcast. But when it comes to some of these haunted locations, have you noticed that they're like a spider web? Like, are they all connected? Like if you have a bad time at one or a bad interaction with one person, then they could possibly let others know. I have to feel like there has to be a community as much as they're a paranormal community of people that are involved with these that own the locations that just say like, Hey, these guys weren't good. Or these guys weren't this, or I had a bad experience. Couldn't even be your fault. It could be their fault, but they can just easily blacklist you. Um, do you mean team wise or owner wise, or what do you mean? Owner of the location wise could just blacklist certain paranormal teams from going over there. If they didn't like the interaction that they had with them. So you have to, it's like working with anything, customer service. You have to keep on that professional side, even though you might want to tell them to like eat dust or something. Yeah. Well, I know it could go both ways. Um, I know a couple owners that are very strict with stuff. I'm trying to, you know, say this in a political way because <laughs> I'm trying to get blacklisted. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there, there's a couple owners that I don't agree with some of their policies and that like say like you got to pay for to live stream or something like they're just trying to make extra money is what they're doing. And it's, it's bullshit because I could understand if you have 10 million followers, then okay. Or if you have a TV show, then okay. But like, if you're just an average person, that's just, you know, doing this for, I don't know, maybe a hundred people or something like, why do you have to have us pay extra money? You know, it's bullshit. And like, we do have a decent following on TikTok, which, you know, like we have, I think close to 200,000, but even still, what we make off of lives are fucking pennies. Like it's not, we shouldn't be paying you 300 extra dollars to make 25 cents. You know? <laughs> Does it shock you that there's a lot of the stuff in the paranormal world that is involved into the commercial aspect? I mean, obviously everybody's trying to make a buck off something, which kind of sucks because then like you kind of lose the authenticity or lose like the people that are actually generally curious about like, is there another dimension where am I? grandparents or someone could be alive and you know dreaming i mean it opens up big door questions but i don't know to me it was surprising like, even with the ufo stuff that's all that's all marketing too every single thing it's like good god like are you trying to sell like i have a person on my show talk about uap experience and next thing you know they're like 
showing their shirt. They're like, oh, this is my website link. And I was like, you just promoted five links and gave me a full advertisement before we even got into the what you're here to talk about. <laughs> like, you know, so there is that commercial aspect. I mean, is it surprising to you that do you see more of the commercial stuff in the paranormal thing with like trying to really kind of make a buck off something? Or do you see more authenticity? Um, it depends. <clears throat> um I think us personally as a team, I think we have a balance of it. Um, obviously we do sell like merchandise and we have like, you know, everybody needs a little bump in the night, like a catchphrase, or we have a mascot with bumpy and stuff like that. But I mean, also a lot of that's just, you know, you know, just like marketing and um, kind of, I guess like inclusion, like you want people, you know, other like-minded people to come in and, you know, join you, hang out. Like we say, you know, like we don't call like, we call like our fans, I guess you'd say like the society. Cause you're part of our society. Even the podcast is exploring your society. Cause it's like, we want to bring in everybody. You don't have to be paranormal related. You could be my, a friend that I work with or somebody, something like that. Um, but like, you know, like I said, we authenticity wise, like we keep it real. Like I said, a lot of our shit's live. So it's like, we can't fake anything live, which I've had some people before come on live and they'll be like, Oh, you know, that's bullshit or you're faking this or you're faking that. And it's like, nothing's happening right now. What are you talking about? What are we faking? We're faking sitting here in the dark talking to ourselves. <laughs> well, it's the reason why I asked that question is I think that a lot of people, their interactions with paranormal stuff does come from shows like X-Files and other things of that sort. So a lot of that to their mind gets chalked up into everybody's just trying to make a buck, which is what's important about like also what you do with your podcast as well, too, is that you're just having people explain their experiences or have them explain what they do or what their interest in it is. And when you hear those personal stories, much like you've told me a couple already, I mean – this is a free show you're not getting anything from it you're just giving me your time so there's not a whole lot of like bs like added on layered mix which i think is what the public kind of needs a little bit to better understand not just you and your team but also be able to understand people's thoughts on the paranormal in general because i think everyone has a healthy sense of skepticism but at the same time everyone has a healthy interest in hey maybe there could be a but possibility that this could all be real and we could just be completely behind in understanding it yeah, well, I mean, that's like even like I'm sure you've talked about on your show before, like different realities and stuff like that. And um, who knows what could be going on, like in another dimension or something right now or um, even like the old theory of um, like creating something with your mind, like kind of like how Slenderman or something, you know, people thought about Slenderman and then, you know, supposedly Slenderman exists now and even other stuff. Uh, what was it? The the Philip experiment, which I don't know if you ever heard anything about that. Mm -hmm. It was in, I think Toronto and they did this experiment where they tried to create a ghost and they had like a Ouija board and they were trying to communicate with it every single night. And eventually stuff started happening. Oh like shit. They yeah. I've created, I'm, I remember that. Like they created this ghost and even like, like, I don't remember what it was, but say it was like, it's from the 1800s and his wife was Mary Sue and all this stuff that they came up with actually ended up like, coming true so yeah i think some of the paranormal could be related to that type of stuff too and i've actually there's two different ideas i've always wanted to do for if i ever could get a tv show one of them is could we create something like could i take a house that is not haunted at all and try to make it haunted now see like say if it was a show and the first season was just boring and nothing happened the whole year you know but like as you bring in different objects or maybe different people or 
because there is a lot of locations that'll like bring in like graveyard dirt or they'll hang Ouija boards that are supposed to be cursed and this and that. And, you know, eventually that's going to stir something up, at least in my eyes, I think it would. Um, but then you got a lot of people that are just full of shit and will just claim that like this doll's haunted or that's this. And, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, you got to look through the bullshit, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you did the buy a house and then just tell people it's haunted, you'd have a more psychological thing where people would be probably feeling it and thinking it. If you just told them a hundred percent, that's what the, like the Phillips experiment kind of was in a sense, but I don't know where my line for paranormal stuff is. Cause I do believe objects could be cursed. Um, I believe that there could be something possessed in an object, not like possessing and moving around, but just attached to something like, uh, you know, I think everyone like randomly, I mean, my grandma passed away almost two years ago. So like, and uh, I'll walk by like some, some certain objects in my house and stuff like that. And it'll smell like camel cigarettes. And it's like, maybe it's just stained with the fact that she smoked camel cigarettes around it. But then even then, like I'll be out of my house and just driving around and randomly smell camel cigarettes. I'm like, what? I don't have anything of her on me. Is it still on my skin? You know, but I I don't know. Like, like I said, I still believe that like people can leave something behind in an object more than I believe than in, in an actual apparition popping up. Cause I have never seen anything like that, that I can verifiably say that that's a hundred percent was a ghost. Well, on both things, on the apparition thing, I've never as an adult seen anything. Um, as a Probably kid, as I'm a pretty child. sure like my very, Oh my, yeah. My very first experience um, was when I lived in my old house, I was probably, we moved in a house when I was four. So I was probably like five or six or something. My brother's six years older than me. So, cause he saw it too. So, you know, it's not just me to being a little kid. Um, but there was this door that goes down to the basement. Me and my brother were building mini bricks in the dining room. And we saw a guy in a trench coat standing there. We went and told my dad, my dad checked the whole house. Um, never found anything. Um, even years down the line when I was an adult, I talked to some psychic, which I don't 90% of psychics are full of shit. If you ask me, but there was a couple of things that she hit on. It was really weird. And one of them was there was supposedly something in my basement. Like, how would she know about that? I've never met this lady before. And that's where we saw it was right in front of the basement door. But uh, that's going off the apparition thing. I, like I said, I haven't really seen anything else. Jen at Octagon House just in June said she saw a full girl, full apparition of a girl there. That's the first time she's seen anything. Um, I don't know about other people's experiences in our group, but at least not recently. I don't think anything recently we've done. Anybody's seen a full apparition um you know over time and in the past they have but uh what was the other question now i forget what the other question was i forgot to don't worry about it uh <laughs> do, do you think jen's more of a believer than you are like you're more of a skeptical i would because I, I always think like some people that tell me they've experienced something or they're very susceptible and mikey's told me plenty of stories of other people experiencing stuff not him so much but other people experiencing stuff where i go is it a sensitivity thing like do they just pick up something else like you mentioned jen was getting a weird energy in a story that you told me earlier i mean i get energies like that sometimes you walk in a room and you're just kind of like feels like everybody just is in a shit mood today you know what i mean so i'm wondering if it's just those people that are more i guess sensitive to the environment around them where they can pick up on or maybe they're more susceptible to a paranormal experience well i i know with like um for a couple different examples when it comes to that um i uh I was at the Jello Museum in Leroy, New York. Jello Museum? One of the, yeah, there's a Jello Museum in Holy Leroy, New York. Shit. I went with my family. <laughs> but like, I don't really, I wouldn't say I like pick up on stuff as much. But one of the things I remember from there is we were going through the museum 
And as we're on the different floors, we went into this one room and it was like their kitchen or whatever. And it just, the, the room fell off. And I was like, I said something to the lady after we like were done with the tour. I was like, is this place happened to be haunted and that? And she just laughed at me and wouldn't answer me. So like something like that, I thought was kind of funny. There's been other experiences. I wouldn't say like me, myself being as sensitive, but I know like with Jen being a Monroe house, like she felt something was off. I know April has been different locations and she, you know, claims it's something like just doesn't feel right to her. Um, but I think it has to do with where you're at too. Like I was saying, um, with the grand midway hotel, there's this room where it had something to do with a prostitute and there's this, woman Oh, the firework that busted and went up into and cut her. Well, that, that was Mimi. That was a different lady, but that that's a grand midway too. How many prostitutes have died at this hotel? <laughs> well, I don't know if she was a prostitute, but the one that I'm talking about that was in the, the canopy room is what they call it. She supposedly interacts with female females more so is I that the girl in the red dress no i don't think she's a red dress that that could be mimi the one you're talking about the one that with the firework thing that was on the balcony um but like yeah a lot of women i guess get a feeling in that room i personally never had anything in that room but like i said i think it also has to do with the location like say if you're at a prison or something and you're in a, a male prison maybe the male will try to interact with you or maybe try to interact with a woman because you know it's a woman in here and they don't really see that um but it depends on the person, depends on the location. Some people are more sensitive than others. Um, when I when I worked in a school or whatever, there was there was times like little stuff would happen to me. I'd be, you know, I'd have to be there at six in the morning. I'd be the only person in the building and I'd be walking around and like a locker would open or something would fall off the wall or just like little things that not necessarily had to be paranormal, but it seems like something was trying to get your attention. And with that school, I know there was at least one person that died in the school, like a teacher that had a heart attack in that. Um, and I've had, you know, people now I'm into the paranormal. So I had people telling me stories and stuff, you know, different teachers and other custodians of experiences they've had and stuff like that. So I, it kind of makes you think that it could be something trying to communicate with you. I just picture when if a teacher had a heart attack in a class, I just pictured that class going, yes, no, no class today. It's like, you pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, little, little kids are assholes. It was an elementary school, too. So I don't know if it was at the time, though, because I think it was a different school like back in the day. So I don't know back then. But... Uh, I, I wanted to ask about the podcast. I mean, what's finally started to get you guys motivated to want to do a podcast and thing? Every time I, I recommended it to you when you were first on, I recommended it to Mikey almost every episode he had been on to start a podcast, but everyone said they didn't have the time for it, which is interesting now because you guys are doing it now. I mean, was that from all the connections you guys were making at different conventions and all the work that you guys were doing? You started realizing that there was a community of other people investigating stuff that you wanted to kind of enclose in? Well, we did, a, uh, it's been going on and on, on and off uh, throughout the last couple of years. Originally it was me and Tom, which you remember Tom used to be part of our group. Um, then we had a falling out and we had to do everything taped with him because he, you know, you know how Tom is. So I had to censor him a lot. So that wasn't really working out the greatest. Um, then we had Phil, me and Phil were doing it, which we did live for Phil and, um, I don't know. He just kind of got burned out, which he'll still come on occasionally, but now me and Mikey do it. And we try to consistently do it every two weeks. Cause like you said, we, we are busy all the time. I'd love to do it once a week or maybe even more than that if we could, but it's just, 
there's something going on all the time. So as long as we can consistently put out an episode every two weeks and everybody knows that we're putting out an episode every two weeks, then I think we're good. That way we're not like blowing people off. Like, oh, we're going to have two episodes this week and then it doesn't happen, you know? Were you surprised at the number of other people out there that have, I guess, paranormal groups or teams? Um, Not really. I mean, I guess I'm more surprised when it comes to local because like, I mean, I know, I know some of the local people I've known them before we were even involved. Um, but now, like, as you know, we've been in this several years now, like you, you find out about a new team, like, like last week, I found out about a new team that I didn't know was in Pittsburgh, you know, that, that kind of, I mean, that's cool. Like it's, you know, we're, we love working with people and stuff like that. So it's not like, Oh, we can be the only team, you know? Uh, do you think that it's weird that a lot of people don't met, like I'm su surprised how many friends of mine are actually interested in the paranormal until like I post a paranormal episode or something. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'm excited to catch this. I'm like, I would have never taken you for the paranormal person. But we all, like I said, we all have like maybe a wondering or belief that there might be something else out there, but nobody flaunts it. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk into you in the street. And you would just be like, Hey, I'm part of a paranormal team. My name's Sean. And you wouldn't introduce yourself that way, but I would never know unless we somehow got into a conversation where this would have came up in a subject. I mean, you surprised at the number of people that are involved in the paranormal kind of investigativeness. Uh, yeah. I mean, investigate wise there's a decent amount of people here and there but the, the thing that really gets me is like when you'll just be talking to the common person like somebody i'm working with or just you know somebody i'm bullshitting with like in a store or something and i'd say nine times out of ten they have a story to tell you and some of these people are like people you wouldn't expect to believe in the paranormal at all and then they're like oh well did i ever tell you about this and like oh you guys are crazy and i would never do that and you know just like it's crazy to hear all the stories that everybody has what's i mean has it been changing your belief at all starting the podcast has it been hearing other people's experiences or having talking with other people are you starting to like i don't know go from a little bit less of the skeptical side to more of the in belief kind of now just based on people's experiences i mean have you ever listen to anybody and been like eh, i don't know if i believe that uh yeah there's definitely been times that um i question some people's stuff especially because i might have had a similar experience and it and the, you know in the end it was explainable um i don't know it's like i said when going back to like just reading people in general i think you can usually tell if somebody's being honest with you or at least they believe they're being honest with themselves you know and um, what's a one location you'd like to go visit that you haven't been to yet? Well, my my go to that I always say, which I've probably always said on any of these podcasts or if we even talk about it on our own, has always been Winchester Mystery House, um, which, you know, is ever in California. Um, that's, you know, nationally, if I could go like internationally, I mean, I, I'd love to, you know, go to like uh Island of the Dolls or Pavilion or even I, we've talked about, I think me and Mikey talked about like forbidden places that you really wouldn't be able to go to. And you probably wouldn't want to, cause you end up dying or something. Pablo Escobar's mansion. Well, I, I, I like Chernobyl. I'd love to go to Chernobyl. Dude, no, but... fuck that. Are you crazy? That's, 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 <laughs> a, it's not even the radiation thing that gets me, but the, like, I've read so many articles of like wolves with glow in the dark eyes from the radiation and bears that are like deteriorated skin that look like zombies. And I'm just like, look, I don't care if that's to scare you away from the place, but I saw the, that movie they had, the Chernobyl, whatever 
thing that they had diaries or something I and think, those yeah. damn people came out of nowhere and gathered up grab whatever grabbed those people in the middle of the night i was like i don't even care I, i'm bringing a gun a hundred percent but I, I like i said like forbidden places like i think that would be cool and then there's another one that's really off the wall which wouldn't have, you know with like i don't know cannibalism or something like that so because you know a lot of these culture like theories and underground temples and all sorts of stuff like that. i'd love to go to something like that surviving you know <laughs> Because all that stuff's unexplored, you know. I mean, I guess when, when you go, we talk about another country. I mean, I would like to visit a temple, but at the same time, I mean, do you want to go to the pyramids and try and see if you can paranormal haunt there? Because I just feel like I don't know anything you touch there. I'm just scared a locust is going to fly out, and the next thing you know, I start the seven deadly plagues or whatever. See, I, I would like to go to the pyramids, but even though I know, like, with a lot of different regulations and that like how much would you really be able to do like how much would they wouldn't let you ghost hunt the place and they probably wouldn't even let you in half the stuff you know that's interesting i wonder if there's anybody that's ever really tried to explore paranormal wise the ancient pyramids i guess that's more like a sacrilegial place so they're probably like they don't want any of that stuff on there but they have people going in there all the time either taking photos or doing something i would think that like hey let us set up a couple of cameras at the middle of the night and see if we catch anything you mean you never know well i think a lot of it goes back to a money if you have the money to do it like if you're like oh i'm gonna give your government 10 million dollars to come explore the pyramids they'll let you do it or also fame too you know if you have some big tv show then they'll let you do it but like the average joe they're not gonna let in there has there been any celebrities that you've came across that have had like a paranormal belief um i mean i know there's different celebrities that yeah that believe in stuff but i don't know that i've actually came across i mean i do know some paranormal celebrities that I've talked to and stuff, which um, like Mikey's been on Dave Schrader's podcast before, who's Holzer Files, and um, he's been in a couple of paranormal shows. And I've met a couple of different people here and there, but they're all paranormal celebrities. Now, I don't know anybody personally, like you know, like a normal celebrity that that has any views because I've you know I've never talked to anybody like that. But I just didn't know if you came across like an interview that was online or something like that of a celebrity talking like a show about like their paranormal belief. I would have to think Kevin Hart or The Rock would have to be interested in the paranormal stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely Kevin Hart, I think, would, too, because I I know he's he's definitely like afraid all the like I've seen him like go to haunted houses, you know, like haunted attraction, haunted houses. And he's afraid of stuff like that. So he has to have some type of belief. Why would you be afraid of something like that if if you're not believing the paranormal, you know? Um, And then I don't know if you saw that show which I thought it was okay. I know a lot of people in the paranormal community shit on it, but that, uh, that Kesha, the one with Kesha, I forget the hell it was called, but it was a paranormal show. You know, the singer Kesha, she had a paranormal show and, um, she obviously believes in this stuff and she had other celebrities on too. Um, but I think there was a show, it was called celebrity ghost stories, I think. And it had to do with like, you know, paranormal interactions with different celebrities that was on back in the the early 2000s or something, I think. I don't know about that. I know there's a show where celebrities told their craziest acid trips, and that's a fun show to listen to. Some celebrities I would never even think that would have done acid did acid. I was like, holy crap, Mr. Rogers was doing acid? I'm just kidding. He was not alive when the show was filmed. But there's a couple on there that are like... You and Mr. Rogers, man. You always got to... I know, I know. I got I got I said, I got a healthy sense of skepticism about that man's background. Nobody's that fucking nice, I could tell you that much. <laughs> 
Wouldn't be um, an out of the blank episode unless you men- mentioned Mister Rogers. It's been a while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, <laughs> I, uh, when it comes to like, I guess, future goals you want to do with your team besides locations that you'd like to go visit. I mean, is there anything improvements or anything that you're looking forward to, or maybe plans that you have on ideas of what you could probably? I mean, you guys got an insane TikTok following. I just started using the app. Um, I think I got one video that's at like 106,000 views or something like that. I don't even know why it trended. It just started trending. Uh, But I'm curious if you have, I mean, I'll ask you this in like a two-parter, but it's the UAP hearings that went on recently. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. I don't even know if you paid attention to it. It's fine if you said you haven't, because a lot of people didn't, which is, I would think aliens are real, but I think nobody else is really buying it. But it also brings in weight. If they're going to start funding way more money into UAP and aerial phenomena, does that open up the door for paranormal discussions? Uh, the UAP stuff, I, I mean, I kind of know what you're talking about, but I didn't really follow it too much. Um, it's not that I don't believe in aliens or cryptids or any of that stuff. It's just, I don't know. I just, I didn't really follow what was going on. I had a lot going on. It was a bunch of things where they said a lot and they revealed nothing. Everything was like, I can show you that in the back door of the skiff and the skiff's like a side office or something like that. But every question was like, I can't disclose that publicly. I'm like, why did you record it? That just what the hell? Like I, we, nobody needed to watch. It's like watching the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. The only good part was the ending. Or shitting in the bed too. <laughs> That's a good part too. That's good. <laughs> no, but future goals you have for your team. Uh, future goals, um, I guess big and little, like some of the just like, you know, in-house type of stuff is I wish everybody would just get on the same page with some stuff because some people take stuff more seriously than other members. And it's like, you know, I don't want to call out anybody individually, but there's some people that do a lot more for this group than others that don't do shit, which really pisses me off. Um, but as in the group in general and like where, you know, I'd like to see us or whatever. Um, obviously going more places, doing more things, hopefully getting a way to do this full time as a job. And just, I don't even just like, we don't even have to be rich or famous just to be able to do it. Just to not have to work a normal job would be, I guess the, the end goal, you know? Is there, do you just need a bigger audience or like, I mean, how can you, it's so hard to monetize on anything, a podcast, anything like that. So, I mean, do you have plans in mind of what you want to do? Like maybe if you had everybody on the team pitch aside, maybe $5 a week or $5 a month. I know it's might be hard for some people, but then you could use it to use promotion on Facebook, Instagram, things that can help trickle a little bit of algorithm or something, even TikTok to be able to boost up followers and get more attention so you can build up that audience. Well, the the thing that we've been trying to get going more these days is our YouTube, which we are at a thousand followers now because you have to have a thousand followers, but then you have to have, I think, 4,000 watch hours, which I don't think we're at that right now. So we're trying to build that up right now. Like I said, our our TikTok's pretty strong. We do make a little bit of money. Like I was talking about the lives, but actually with some of our videos, um, now it's like you got to make over a minute for them to be monetized or creator program or something the way it is. But, you know, sometimes we make, you know, few hundred dollars a month or something but you got to have numerous videos hit at the same time or like one of our friends who's pretty big now he um he kind of just hit the algorithm and got lucky and like he had millions of views 
and I don't want to call him out because I don't want to like really, you know, put him on blast, but he um, had all these millions of views one night. And then the next day he had like an extra 700,000 followers, like just off this one live that he did. And a lot of it is luck when it comes to that, but he's traveling the country doing stuff now and he busts his ass. Like, it's not like he deserves it a hundred percent, but it's just like, and he's in his twenties. So it's like, you know, he could, I'm, I'm 42. So I, I couldn't imagine, you know, being on the road 24 seven. Um, like that, that's a little bit much, but it would be cool just to like, you know, put out some good content, put out some documentaries or some shows or movies or whatever you want to call them and uh, do the conventions and stuff. Cause we make a decent amount of money at the conventions depending on what it is. Um, but the thing is like, you got to consistently do it. You can't just do it once a month. Like you have to do it every weekend or it's just, there's so much work that goes into paranormal that people don't realize. Like I said, like I'm busy all the fucking time. And if I did like the editing and that, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even sleep. Cause that's, that's how much work it is. I get it. I mean, I run a fucking podcast show. It's booking emails and doing all that all day. It's a, it's like a, it's like a full-time job. It's a little bit of a, Burn, it burns you out quick for sure. Um, YouTube monetization, I wouldn't be banking so much on that because the the way that they set it up, and I have a couple thousand subscribers, but it's not just your watch hours. It's like the views. It's the ad click rates, which means the number of people that click in and watch a certain video. It's not even about how long they watch it. And they pay you monthly. But I mean, even if you have 10,000 views or whatever like that, that's like 30 cents. And it's like, and that that's a i mean it's a good question for you which is that do you consider paranormal stuff to be conspiracy stuff because youtube right now is starting to roll out a new policy where they're not doing anything conspiracy anymore so they're going to start eliminating conspiracy stuff so i mean people consider paranormal to be conspiracy people consider the alien stuff to be conspiracy so i'm like do you are you just going to have stuff that's only been you know government approved which is going to suck but you know that's where the channel could be headed and it makes it difficult on content creators especially well, the good thing is, though, there is other platforms, um, like, for example, Paraflix. I know some friends that are on Paraflix, um, which is all paranormal content. Uh, it's basically like a T-app or whatever, which I'm not saying you're, you're you know, you're going to make millions of dollars on there, especially because it's still kind of in its infancy. And I know people from both sides of the spectrum. I know people that are making $25 a quarter off of there, you know, because like they're just ain't really doing nothing but then there's other people that have been on tv or have really good content and that's you know they make enough money off there to live a decent life like um it just depends on the platform and that too i mean obviously you know everybody wants to get on actual tv but even with tv and paranormal a lot of that's been kind of falling back a little bit um i don't know if you know anything about uh zach baggins or whatever but you know he was the guy from ghost adventures and there's a lot of people that dislike him in the community because they say he blackballed a lot of people. Like that was part of the reason, um, uh, what is it called now? Project fear, which was destination fear. They used to be on discovery and they, they say, even I think Dakota, the one that runs that and Nick Groff used to be part of like, we're talking about how he blackballed all these people from going on TV. So when it comes to shit like that, like it's definitely concerning, but I mean, as long as people are, you know, interested in it there's going to be a way there's going to be a platform um 
it'll always be there. You know, like paranormal ain't going away. Even, even a lot of the equipment and stuff we use is all elementary. Like, you know, you see stick figures. It's like the pong of paranormal right now. Like you go 20 years down the line and you'll be seeing full apparitions and they'll build these new gadgets that can do all sorts of crazy shit. You know, either that or you want to talk about conspiracies or whatever, like AI or something will end up taking over anyway or some shit. Yeah, that's no joke. <laughs> that, man. That's something that concerns me is the AI stuff. That's no joke. I just listened to the Paul McCartney had said in June that the Beatles are going to have one final song with all the members. And you're like, well, um, some of the members are dead. And he's like, no, they used AI. Dude, it sounds not 100% like a human, obviously. But man, that is like, I listened to it. I was like, this is really fucking good. Like, it's insanely good. And I think the song is called Goodbye For Now. And you can look it up on YouTube. But I mean, there's parts you can tell in the singing where the voice doesn't hit the pitch right. And it sounds like it then tries to hurry up and go down real fast. And it doesn't sound like it's humanly possible. It just sounds like someone tried to snip and then pitch it down, like in editing or something like that. But the AI created, I mean, all, recreated a new song for the Beatles on all the four members original. And it's in the style of the Beatles. You listen to it and you're like, this is scary good and i know a lot of people have that fear that's actually what was going to be my 1500 episode was i was going to have an ai scan all my episodes of my show and specifically use me and then recreate me using all the content that's been out there you know so it gets a good personality of me as an ai and then i was going to talk to myself and see if i could have an actual conversation with myself, but then reading reading the rules of it, they were like, yeah, if you do this and we scan your content, we own your voice. So that means we could use it for other purposes. And I was like, no fucking way. You guys are owning my voice. That's insane. You could have me in a porn like Gal Gadot. I don't want that <laughs> unless I'm actually in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, a lot of that AI stuff. I don't know if you saw. There's a, some movie called, called in, uh, what the hell is it called? The Creator that's coming out has something to do with AI. I just saw the preview for it the other day. And it's kind of like, kind of reminds me of like Terminator or something, you know, where the robots are taking over and stuff. But it's, I guess, a little bit more updated to how it is now these days. And um, just so many things, like when you look at like pictures or, you know, stuff and like, you can't tell the difference. And this is, this is still kind of like new. Like what the hell is going to happen in 10 years from now? Like I could, like I ain't a conspiracy person really, but. I could see something bad definitely coming from this. I'm not a conspiracy person either, but I do believe conspiracy in the JFK assassination 100%. Various interviews I've done with the people that were there to experience it, I can tell you. I'm in 100% believe something else is going on there. But when it comes to the um, AI factor of things, I don't know what's going to happen with it, but I know that the AI will wait till Arnold is dead. And then that's when they're going to start taking over. They're waiting for that guy to go. I'm just lucky that he takes care of himself a little bit. That's all I'm happy about. I was like, this man, hopefully he's probably going to live to a hundred or 110. Mm. Yeah. Terminator two is probably like one of my favorite movies growing up. <laughs> that's like one that's in, I think that was the first one I saw. It's ingrained into my head because my brother looked like the little boy, John Connor. So my mom would constantly play it all the time in the house. It was like her favorite movie. So I was just like, I just, I've seen that movie probably more times than I can count. Only that one and signs are like the two ones up there for me. I can even see, I can see you as John Connor, actually, now that you say that. Don't say that. <laughs> I don't want anybody coming after me, especially the one from Terminator 3. That one scares me most of all. 
because she's attractive. So then it's like, I don't want to run away from her. So like, she's trying to kill you. I'm like, it's a good death. It's a good death. <laughs> I got to ask, because Mikey does the documentaries. Have you guys ever thought about putting together and making an actual film where you guys do do some acting a little bit instead of, you don't have to Hollywood it up 100%, but then trying to really put together some things. I know you guys play some of your documentaries in the theaters where you guys are at. So I'm curious if you guys would actually put together a real film and then try and pitch it to like Netflix or something. Yeah. See, I mean, I've always been into acting. Like, you know, I worked for Scarehouse for, I don't know, six, seven years um, doing stuff like that. And I was a consultant on that horror movie. Got to do a little bit of acting in that too. I've done a couple of web series. Um, Troy and Phil both worked at Scarehouse with me. They love acting. You see Jen's shenanigans that so she loves doing goofy shit and just, you know, acting crazy. Like, I think we would, it would be cool. It'd be fun to make a, some type of movie. Definitely have to be a horror movie, maybe even a horror comedy. Um, I'd love to play the killer. I'm six, two, 300 pounds. I think I'd be a good killer <laughs> or even if I'm being killed, like that'd be cool too, but yeah, I'd love to make a movie. Um, but Sean, look, I appreciate the time you gave me to talk on my show about some various things and I'm working with us through the technical difficulties, of course. Uh, but it was always a pleasure chatting with you again, man. I'd love to get you and Mikey on a podcast together on, on my show. So we can maybe Mikey can pull up some clips and we can talk about some certain scenes from some hunts you guys been on, but uh, where can people find your links? Um, first off, yeah, amazing being on. I love being on. I'm glad you had me on again. Um, you ever want to come on, you're more than welcome. I've talked to you before. Your door's always open. Just let me know. Um, as far as finding us, our like I said, our biggest following is on TikTok. Um, we're on YouTube, Facebook. We have a group and a page. Uh, Twitter or whatever, X, whatever the fuck it's called now. Um, the threads. I don't know. We're pretty much on any type of social media thing you can think of, Snapchat and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, um, come what on and see threads? us. We get do a lot of threads is the new Instagram. Oh, Instagram. I didn't even say Instagram. Instagram has threads now. It's like their Twitter. I don't know what it is. When I click on there, people are leaving notes. I'm like, is this just like tweets? Yeah, it's it's kind of it's basically Twitter, just Instagram's version. But we also we do a lot of conventions. Um, we'll be uh, September ninth i think it is we're going to be at uh, west virginia state penitentiary so if anybody wants to come out and see us we have a lot of stuff going on this month actually when it comes to conventions we're gonna be at sleepy hollow i think me and jen are speaking we spoke at it last year promote later dates because this is pre-recorded so more towards like the middle of september end of september okay well yeah other than the 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 one that's right september 9th um we have madcon september 30th madison ohio uh, we have Hearst Mania, which is I think September 22nd or something. Jen and Troy and maybe a couple other people from our team will also be at there. This is Hope Paracon, which is up at Wildwood Sanatorium. It's that same weekend as Hearst Mania. Um, trying to think if I'm missing anything. Uh, convention wise, I think that's it coming up. And then we have a couple of investigations. We'll be at Monroe House in October uh we'll be live streaming i'm sure plus we'll also put some stuff out so <clears throat> if you want to check any of that stuff out that'd be cool and i'll link all your links in the description sean it's been a pleasure chatting with you again man and thanks everybody for listening to this episode out of the blank podcast